right, welcome back, everyone. This is Once Upon a Phrase, and I am your host, Jason. And your other host, Lisa. And before we get started, just a reminder, wherever you're listening to us, please rate and review the episode. It really does help. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Once Upon a Phrase. Before we get things started, just a big shout out to our sponsor, Fat Chris's Pizza and Such. If you're anywhere in the Chicagoland area, particularly Andersonville, you got to stop in. If you can't stop in, they'll deliver. They do pickup. They even have a buffet, you know, during lunch, I believe. Uh, they are your one-stop shop for pizza. All right. And so just a recap of our new season two things. We are releasing episodes bi-weekly now. And we also added a new thing for this season where listeners request. So please, if you have any phrases, anything you're curious about where it came from, its origin, its meaning, please send us a message on Instagram or if you know us personally, send us a text and we'd love to add them to our shows. This show's got a very special listener request because it's actually the original listener request. Um, a couple buddies of mine, you know, that listen to frequently, I remember them telling me, you know, about this phrase and it was the thing that kind of sparked my idea that, hey, we should get ideas from other people. So, I know they're listening, so make it to the end of the episode to hear what the listener request is, and I know they'll be proud because they've been wondering about this one. All right, so why don't you start us off, Jason? What do you got for us? All right, well, this is kind of new, right? One thing that we wanted to do with season two was pick up some episodes where we left off in season one. So this episode's theme is animals. Right. But we already did an animals right in season one animals part two, because you would not believe the amount of phrases that involve animals. And the first one that we're going to start with is to let the cat out of the bag. Lisa, have you ever let the cat out of the bag? Yeah, I have a hard time when certain things are told to me not to let the cat out the bag. I try my best, but sometimes it becomes very hard not to. That apparently is genetic because our son for the life of him, cannot keep a secret. Um, it, it, so if you haven't caught on already, to let the cat out of the bag means to, you know, to tell a secret or expose something. Um, our son is the worst at it. I'll sneak him an extra Oreo or two, and he will run to his mother and say, I don't have Oreos, and start laughing. It is... Yeah, it must be genetic. Another one of the amazing things that uh, I've given to him, you know? Yeah, right, one of the many. Um, all right, so as I mentioned, it means to kind of let something out, right? So where does this come from? Any idea, Lisa, where this might have originated Not from? a clue. I mean, I can't imagine cats being in bags, so I don't think it has anything to do with that. I have not the slightest clue as to where this phrase would have especially been transformed into being used in daily language. No idea. So what if I told you it was not transformed at all? It literally means to let the cat out of the bag. Like out of like a paper bag? Absolutely. Or like a, like a it's like a sack, sack or like something? a burlap sack. So we're going to travel back to medieval Europe. Okay. And what used to happen is, I guess it would be the, the OG version of a farmer's market, right? Where people would go and basically like a medieval marketplace. Okay. Well, farmers would bring livestock and they would sell you things, you know, not, not just fruit and veggies like we see at our farmer's markets, but like actual livestock you could buy. Like a right? cow, a goat? Yeah, sure. But some of the smaller ones, 
you would purchase, probably like a chicken or, you know, something like that, they would replace with a less valuable animal, like a cat. So they People would... are just out here buying cats at farmer's markets? No, they thought they were buying smaller animals. Like, Smaller livestock, like poultry, chickens, things like that. Okay. So what these farmers would do was very sneakily replace the chicken you bought with a bag with a, you know, with a cat inside of it. You would take it home and then be really, really upset when you open it up and realize you got got. I would be mad as ever if I thought I was getting a chicken for my farm or whatever I was living on and a cat came out of the bag. Yes. This After I paid someone whatever form of currency they were using. A, a pence? I don't know. But yeah, the old switcheroo. So they, they would get home and they would literally let the cat out of the bag and the truth would be exposed that they got got and they didn't get their... I'm just going to keep saying chicken. It's the only animal I can imagine being a livestock animal being small enough to think that you um, were getting and replace that's about the size of a cat so i guess not the same shape by any means no but i bet it flutters around just like a cat would in a bag a chicken mm, probably makes the same okay. yeah so it, they would reveal their deception and then the secret was out that they didn't get that know. is ridiculous so i would have never it, in a million years thought it, I thought it was some sort of figurative no, i mean obviously it's figuratively very used now li- oh yes but figurative now but there's very no literal. way Yes, very literal in its origin. Um, Basically, in medieval Europe, them farmers were, uh, I don't want to say thieves, but we'll say sneaky. Very, very sneaky. I wonder how they, I wonder what was put in place to, like, prevent that from happening. Like, did they have to not put them in, like, the burlap sacks anymore? They have to, like, carry it home on their own. They have to see it get put in the bag. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just open the bag and look before you walk away. I, <laughs> I mean, it's just I don't like... even leave a Wendy's drive-thru without looking in my bag now. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. Like, whenever I get fast food, because those of you that know me, I have, like, really particular orders for things, and I won't eat things if certain things are on them. I know I'm strange. But well, I will make sure. What a joy to dine out with you. Sorry, Love you. go on. Um, but I make sure that before I leave the second window of my food, I've gone through an expect inspected to make sure that all of my food is there and done right. So I yeah, I guess it'd be like, hey, double check your bag to make sure it's not a cat. Like yeah. I don't know. It just all seems right. like a strange thing, but All right. Well, that one I loved. Um so uh fo- how are you going to follow that up? So I found the phrase cold turkey. Have you ever heard that one before? Oh yeah, I've had tons of friends that have tried to give something up cold turkey, right? That's when you quit something. Yes, it more often than not refers to, like, giving up, um, like, a sinful thing, like, alcohol or drugs or something like you should, maybe, like, fast food. Not yeah. usually a good habit. You should give no. up something bad for you in some way, shape, or form. But, like, without easing into it, right? Right. Like, it's I like, know... a, like, tomorrow I'm giving up drinking cold turkey. That would mean that I'm I don't just... think you should drink cold turkey. Oh, if you guys could see the look on her face. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Can't even get it together. She's mad and also laughing. I love it. We gotta stream these episodes live. You guys should see this. All right. So, anyways, it refers to giving up something abruptly without like weaning off of it. So I was like, okay. So how does this relate to a turkey? Yeah, I still look at the turkey thing. Are turkeys alcoholics? No. So the possible origin, which I guess I had to make the mental picture, and you all can too, 
is that possibly cold turkey referred to the way people looked when they abruptly gave up something sinful. I'm going to need you to elaborate on this mental picture you're trying to build. What do you mean how they looked? Okay, so I think, you know, so I'll explain and then I'll give you what I was picturing in my head. So when people tend to give up things that they're addicted to, right, that they fiend for, they tend to, like, sweat, get goosebumps, kind of get pale in the face. Oh, yeah, I've seen a lot of people that have given up smoking, for example, that, yeah, they're, fiend is the right word. And so, like, when you get the goosebumps, it kind of looks like a turkey. It looks like a turkey. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I didn't want to steal your thunder, but it clicked at the same exact time. Yeah, you were so that's why I was like, oh, that makes sense. And for some reason, what came to mind for you was Basketball Diaries. Oh, God. With Leonardo DiCaprio, what right? What a wonderful movie. Yeah, when he's going through like withdrawals. That's just what I, that's what I was saying. When I pictured so, yeah, like so cold I, turkey when he gave it up. So I do think it's important to note out it's cold turkey because we're not talking about like a, like a full blown like turkey with feathers walking around like gobble gobble. This is like what. Like you'd get for Thanksgiving. Yeah, after, you after it, it's yes. plucked and clean, then it's Correct. then it's with a the, cold turkey. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah. So if you've never like prepared the turkey for Thanksgiving, you probably can't make this mental connection. But for any of our listeners that have stuffed the turkey or you know brined it or anything like that, that goosebumpy pale white thing. Yeah, it's you're like cold. About. There's like cold and clammy and like rigid skin. Like it's not very. Elastic, I guess. I don't know. No, I get it. It's so to give something up cold turkey that you get very close to that weird Thanksgiving day ritual where we've got to butter that thing up. So, another funny thing when I was looking up the word turkey because I was wondering, like, why they're using that. Like, why, like, what was happening that they decided to compare that to a raw turkey essentially? So, I guess um, they used to use a variation. Talk turkey, which is something totally different, but it refers to like speaking plainly or abruptly about something. So I've being heard like this, superficial. Yeah, so I've heard this on like older TV shows. When never, I don't know what old TV shows you're watching. But these I, are like <laughs> old, older. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I don't know. The, the late night, up. the late nights when I'm passed out, snoring away. I'm sure he's watching. Shows to talk about talk turkey, but okay. All right, guys, let let this be a moment in history at the, uh, no, at the no, ten no. minute and forty second mark, <laughs> season two, episode five. My wife finally just admitted to snoring. Uh, the rest of this episode is obsolete. <laughs> Who cares? We have she, to delete this. It didn't she, happen. I'm the only one that knows how to edit this. <laughs> she does nothing, by the way, guys. After the mic goes off, she goes upstairs. I just didn't look pretty. I'm good at that. Yeah, she is. But, um. <laughs> What the heck were we talking about? Um, about talk turkey and oh, old no, TV no, shows. Yeah, that old TV shows. Um, it's normally said when like, I, I can't even pin down where, but like two guys or maybe like a cop is doing an interrogation. They'll say something. All right, let's talk turkey. It means like real talk. Yeah, I'm. I'm. It's back there in my head. I'm seeing it somewhere. I'm remembering. Far, it from far, somewhere. far back there. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Yeah. So it changed. I mean, obviously, talk turkey meant talk like abruptly, it's right? Like real talk, right? That's what the kids right. say now. No right. cap. I just say stuff like this because I want my daughter <laughs> to listen and be so embarrassed. <laughs> no cap, real talk, talk turkey. I'm bringing it back. Mm, I don't think so. But now we know it's referred to, like, the word turkey is commonly used 
with the word cold to refer to giving up something abruptly. Not talk turkey, which is no, you know, it's definitely no, it's definitely the raw turkey thing from yeah, the first, yeah, it's definitely that. Oh man, that's a good one. All right, what do you got for us? So this is one that is near and dear to my heart because we have a five-year-old. So, Lisa, do you know how to play tic-tac-toe? I do. I'm stuck playing it way too often at restaurants, at home. He'll just shove a piece of paper in face like, tic-tac-toe, mommy. Oh, like, as, uh, as soon as those kids' menu, like, activities like, I don't run want out, to. all tic-tac-toe, yeah. So, after, you know, teaching our son how to play tic-tac-toe, oftentimes I would purposely make the game end in a tie because I could only beat him so many times before he gets sad and I'm not letting him beat me but I'll take a tie right so I've taught this to him when you tie with Benji playing tic-tac-toe what what does he say cat's game cat's game and that has just been common for since I was a child right I just remember you put the the tic-tac-toe thing you just put the big c on it and say cat's game right yeah I don't no, and it then it took our to this day. Yeah. Well, you're in for a treat. Keep Ooh. listening. Um, and it took our five year old to look at me and go, What does cat's game mean? And I said, Well, it's a tie. And he goes, Like a cat? <laughs> and the fact that his reasoning made no sense made me realize, What the heck does cat's game mean? Right? I love how literal five year olds are. I remember telling him the one day, I'm like, I just have to run to the bathroom real quick. He was like, Mommy, don't run! We don't run up the stairs! You gotta take your time! And I was like, no, 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 I mean, like, I'm just gonna go quickly. Hey, to see Very the literal. world through the eyes of a child, it's, right? It's something else for sure. So, uh, before I explain the Cats game thing, I just want to point out an interesting tidbit I learned about Tic-Tac-Toe. If you had to guess, how long do you think that game has been around? I want to say, I want to say more than, like, maybe 60 years, maybe? So, again, not called tic-tac-toe, but the X's and O's, you know, getting the three-in-a-row game, basically, um, dates back to ancient Egypt. We're talking 1300 What were they BC. using to play it? Were they, like, writing? Yeah, same. They're just in sand or etched in, you know, they could make markings on walls. And, you know, they had oh, okay, okay. the scribes had, you know, I mean, we're talking Egypt. They had papyrus, right? They would use papyrus to make. Yeah. So, yeah, they had not paper, but, you know, they had stuff. Yeah, so dates back to ancient Egypt, the three-in-a-row game. And that just blew my mind because you see that same game all across the world in civilizations that have probably never communicated with each other. Um, I feel like kids, like especially Benji, thinks he's, I wouldn't say invented it, but this is this new game. You want to play with me? Thinking it's like this new invention. Yeah, oh, absolutely. The Roman Empire had a version of this game called Turney Lapili which means like three pebbles at a time. Um, there's three men's Morris from different parts of Asia. There's Picaria from the Native Americans. So we, we're seeing civilizations across the globe have a, this version of That's three. That's so cool. Three, I know, it blew my it's mind. It's probably just like a, like a very simple way to pass time. So that's exactly it. it. And that's actually why it's so popular today in the 20th century. I mean, we're not in the 20th century, but when we start to see it gain its popularity in the 20th century, it's because of its simplicity. It's a pen and pen or you know pencil and paper game. I mean, or like Kids if you're near the, if you're on the beach, it could be played in the sand. It could be played in the yeah. dirt. I mean, but that that's it. It's its simplicity is what yeah. carried it, right? So when do we start to see cat's game referred to? Well, one theory I found was that they shortened the word catastrophe because nobody won. 
So it's a catastrophe that nobody okay. won. Um, it's humorous, but that's the more unlikely phrase. I just wanted to throw it out there because, you know, sometimes, especially in olden times, they needlessly exaggerated things. You know, everything was an abomination. You know, so to have a tie game was a catastrophe. So they would say cat's game. Um, not likely, right? So the more likely origin of this is when you think about cats, right? So we don't own a cat because we're not cat people. We're dog people, right? But... I grew up with cats. Well, you have since grown out of that. I know, but like the first half of my life before being I can you, say I that because I know your mom doesn't listen to this podcast <laughs> and she loves those cats. But, so cats are known, well, lots of animals, but, you know, maybe cats more specifically are known for their, I don't know how to say it, like their pointless games, right? They'll chase a laser beam or they'll chase their tail or, you know, like the ball on the string. They just, they just play stupid games, right? And there's no, no, there's no way to win, you know, at least like if a, a dog, you play fetch, they know to bring it back to you. Right, cats just want to bat around a toy or chase their tail or you know if you got one of those laser pointers. I remember those laser pointers work with the with the baby too. Oh, don't say any. We do not treat our child like a cat. We did use that laser pointer though. When he first started walking, he was quite amused as to where the laser went. Yeah, but yeah. But so so anyways, those games like a cat would play, they're they're no win games. There's no they're purposeless. Like they okay. They're just things cats do. For no reason. You can't win. They don't, you know, you know, they're just. There's no result to them. It's just. Yes. To buy so the time. Okay. That game serves no purpose for that cat. Well, neither does a tie. When nobody wins, that tic-tac-toe game you just played served no purpose. <laughs> Therefore, cat's game. Okay. that I, I think that's probably the more likely of the two. Yeah, I like the catastrophe thing, but there was almost no evidence to support that. But I did find the the cat relation a little bit more, um, you know, solid ground to have that theory on. All right, finish us off. All right, so my phrase I thought was interesting, I remember hearing it a lot as a child, and I'm sure you have too, even as an adult, is don't be a chicken. So you know what that one means? Oh, yeah. It means you... Oh, what's a nice way to say that so I don't have to take that explicit box? Uh, Don't be a coward. Or scared. Right. So it refers to like being a coward. Um, it refers to being like too scared to do something. And it's usually a way to encourage someone. It's almost like it's like peer pressuring them into doing it. But why a chicken though? Why not don't be a cow or don't be a cats are pretty skittish. We've already, you know, talked enough crap about cats on this show today. Like why chicken though? So, from what I was able to research, I guess chickens are associated with being, like, fearful creatures, and they tend to run away from threats. Is there an animal that doesn't run away from threats? I don't know why these farm animals back then, I have no idea. But, so, because they run away from threats, it became something they would use. But, it used to be, they used the word hen before they used the word chicken. They still use the but it used to be like, um, what was it, hen-hearted? Oh, to be like you're hen-hearted, you're scared, mm-hmm. like you've got like fear in your heart. Yeah, like so hen-hearted, oh. and then oh, like, back, like back, back in like the 1450s, 
I'm calling people Henhearted from now on. And then it slowly became Han got replaced you with Chicken. You Henhearted Scallywag. However. She's not impressed. Sorry, no, go on. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just going to keep going. Ignore him here. Um, but then if you were referred to as a cock, right, like a rooster, that was the Thank opposite. You for that was referred to be like being brave. Yeah. So it's kind of strange how. Oh, is that where the word cocky comes from? Did we just sneak another one in here? Nailed it. So it's just crazy how chickens became the ones that were referred to being cowardly, while a rooster became known as something more brave and uh, used as a compliment. So um, it actually dates back, it was seen in print in Shakespeare in the 1600s, though. And I'm probably going to say it wrong, but the phrase was, for wit they fly chickens, he wrote, describing soldiers fleeing a battlefield. So that's the first, like, one of the times it was used in print to refer to being cowardly. Oh, so, I mean, we've talked about this so many times on this podcast, how it takes something being in print, right? Whether it's Shakespeare or on a TV show or in a song, you know, that once it's in print, once the media, which I guess in the 1600s, Shakespeare would be, you know, I mean. That would be the media. Yeah, yeah. that would be, yeah. That's what everyone was watching the plays, yeah. Once it hits that medium, it's it's etched in stone, right? Right, because even if if chickens had, even the word chicken had no meaning in regards to being a coward, once Shakespeare uses that way in his play, that's how it's understood and that's how it's going to be portrayed yeah and the way you talked about them fleeing the battlefield like i can imagine a chicken like running away they've got that that wobble you know with its its wings out it it looks very cowardly you know it reminds me of there's an old like saying of a spartan saying from ancient greece where um spartan mothers used to tell their children to come back with your shield or on it because you were not allowed to flee the battlefield you know, hmm. you either died on the battlefield or not. It's If you came back without your shield, it mean, you know, it means you threw your shield and you ran, right? Like a chicken. Like, And I'm just seeing that image when you're talking about how Shakespeare used that image of a, a chicken fleeing danger. Um, which, by the way, that probably wasn't said. Plutarch made that statement like 500 years after Sparta. So probably one of those things just to kind of make them seem cooler than they were. Not that the Spartans weren't cool. So in regards to using the word chicken in, in a cowardly way, have you ever heard of playing chicken? Oh, yeah. By the way, quick side note. Notice how our talented host, Lisa, quickly got us back on track after I went off on that tangent about ancient Greece. <laughs> I mean, it's always a history thing. I mean, It's honestly, always a history thing. Honestly, he would talk for hours of just... The historical reference of something and go off on a tangent if I let them. All right, so go on, playing chicken, yes. Okay, so playing chicken, I guess I've never played and never will because I'm not doing that. Because you're a chicken. Yeah. Um, would be two cars facing one another, and they would drive head-on toward one another, and the first person who would veer off was the chicken. Would you ever play that game, or have you ever No, played? God, no. Okay. I got kids. Not okay. Playing that game. Oh, so I don't know if it was the same same idea, but I remember as a kid, and I never did this either because I was too afraid to. But you would lay in the middle of the road and see how long you could wait until a car would come. You've never. I don't. I've never played this game. 
I don't know what answer you want to hear here. Am I supposed to say I've never done that? Please? Sure, then I have never done that. <laughs> oh, to be young and dumb. I've, I've seen my friends do it, but I was like, I'm not laying in the middle of the street. Yeah, well, yeah, nobody should lay in the middle of the street. Let that be what you walk away with from this podcast today. <laughs> not about what the cat out of the bag means or anything. Don't I, play chicken. Don't play chicken. Don't lay in the street, okay? How about don't play chicken? That's probably a smart thing to take from this podcast. All right. All right, so what's our listener request today? All right, so very excited. This is the OG listener request. Before we started asking for, you know, words from you guys on our social media, a uh, couple good buddies of mine, I was over at their house, and they were listening to the podcast earlier, and they were like, you know what you should talk about? That phrase, like, you're all full of piss and vinegar. Where does that come from? It's just a wild thing. And I remember them just being, like, very adamant about, like, wanting to know where that phrase comes from because that phrase is crazy. So, Lisa, have you ever heard that? I have never heard of it, but just hearing those two words together, um... And I'm sure I'm wrong, but I feel like between, like, piss and vinegar being, like, a acidic type of liquid, that, like, means, like, you're almost abrasive. Yeah, so it means somebody who's, like, lively or energetic, like, very, like, on. You know what I mean? Like, almost... I wouldn't... I think of, like, a... No, like, I... an old homeless man. Oh, no, you're so... Like, full of piss. But I just, no, I don't, no. I don't... You're, you're, okay, you're taking that literal. I don't think it... I don't think it... If it lively. Yeah, so if somebody is full of piss and vinegar, they're very, like I said, energetic, they're lively, they are... So it's a compliment? No, no, crazy's not a sh- the right word. It's like somebody that is acting, like, very intense, you know what I mean? Um, so, okay, so what it comes from, it's an old English slang word from, like, you know, in the 1900s, um, but basically it was kind of a compliment because before, you know, you think of anything bad uh urine was actually seen as something with medicinal purposes um because it probably has to do with how acidic it is and all that stuff but like okay well you've heard of the whole jellyfish thing right mm-hmm. you know if you ever get you're stung supposed by... to pee, you're supposed to pee on the, the where it stung you yeah and I, I don't know if that's true but that's what they say right mm-hmm. so and even like way back in the day um do you know what peyote is something people would drink i don't know it's like it's no like... no it's a dr- it's a old drug that people would smoke. Oh, okay, okay. Well, peyote would really mess you up. So what the nobles would do a long time ago is they would get their servants to smoke the peyote first because it was kind of poisonous. And then they would urinate, and then the nobles would drink that urine. They would use the human body as like a filter uh, to get kind of the toxins out of the peyote so they could still get high but not die. Um, what, what I'm getting at is Urine, even though it's gross and we, you know, we have thoughts about it today that are just disgusting, it is something that was, you know, like borderline medicinal. And vinegar, I mean, you know what vinegar can do. Like, what what can you use vinegar to clean? Everything. Everything, right? So it's that, the vitality and the vigor that's in vinegar and how you can use it on anything and it'll clean anything. It's very, like, abrasive. It can cut through it all and... So to be full of piss and vinegar, you, you're like that combination. Like a strong, like able yeah. to withstand. Yes. 
absolutely. Okay, so not necessarily like just it's associated to withstand with, things. Yeah, it's associated with strength in some contexts and and being in high spirits and being liveliness because that combination of piss and vinegar is a very strong combination, one that can heal something or break through something or you know it, it's weird to think about it like that today because that's not you know how we view when those terms. When in the world would this phrase ever be used? I've never ever ever in a million. Oh years. my god, absolutely, yeah. All these old TV shows you're watching. No, I, th- like... I think this one is still around. That's why my my buddies brought it up. It's. Some like I said, somebody that is aggressive, like really into something. They're all full of piss and vinegar. It's like they're really amped up. Did you guys talk about your like football no, hangouts? Like they brought the... this up to me. That doesn't they make wanted sense. To bring... It does make sense. All right. Like in what con? Okay, in what context? Like, give me a context you would use this in. Any kid that is, let's say, overly active, that's just always on ten. So is Benji full of piss and vinegar? No, he's not that active because he's not like. He's a, always on ten. I know, but he's not like aggressively on ten. You know, I'm talking about the kid that like runs through the house and like knocks over the mirror and just like, or the vase. I don't know why I said mirror. You know, like knocks over something on the shelf and it's like aggressively on ten. Okay, I I would just say they're. Crazy or out of control, but yes, crazy and out of control. You're full of piss and vinegar. You're lively and energetic. You're crazy and out of control. Look, nobody's saying you have to say the phrase. I'm just saying the <laughs> phrase exists, and that's what it means. I know it just sounds strange, but okay. I'm glad our listeners are happy. We finally, you guys, finally got the meaning. Yes, Bill Scott, thank you for the OG listener request. Um, I thought I'd give you guys a shout out because that was one of the funniest phrases for somebody to suggest that. We probably would have never found a theme for a show or, you know, a way to sneak it on the episode. So uh, I'm glad for that. So that being said, listeners, friends of ours, you have any other phrases that you are dying to know what they mean? We would love to investigate them for you on our upcoming episodes. So yeah, send so them over our way. If you know us, text us. If you don't know us, uh, throw it on the Instagram uh, at Once Upon a Phrase. And rate and review, you know, all Don't that stuff. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. You can also message us there as well at Once Upon a Phrase. Yes. Um, and, again, if you're in the Chicagoland area, Fat Chris's Pizza and such, uh, they're really the only choice. Uh, if you're so in An- delicious. Yeah, if you're in Andersonville, they'll deliver to you. If not, just if you're in the neighborhood, swing by, pick up delivery, dine in, whatever you need. Um, and I think that's it, right? Yep. All right, guys. Until thanks for listening. Time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.